what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of two brothers in tech that you'll be listening to during the show. And for those who have been listening for a long time, uh, I know there's many of you out there. Thank you for sticking with us through all this adventure. Um, I'd like to introduce you or welcome back the other brother in tech, uh, Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing? I am. I'm good, Alan. I, I didn't mean to laugh when you said there's a lot of you out there that have been listening. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a number of people that have been listening. Um, our parents are happy listeners. Yep. My Hello, wife, mom and dad. My wife is. My wife is caught up with brothers in tech right now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's your wife. My wife. My <laughs> wife. I don't think my wife even knows we're doing this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that on purpose that you haven't told her that we're doing this show that you want this she's time like, to your owner? She's like, you're doing a tag podcast. Oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, Good for you. That's great, honey. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, right. I love it. Yeah. Well, um, welcome to Brothers in Tech. This is uh, I, Alan and Brian Jackson. We get together and talk technology, as you can probably imagine, mainly talking about technology for the home or family, kind of talking about it from a very more personal level. We don't really get into a lot of office or corporate type of technology. Really talking about you know you or someone uh, in your household wants to make better use of technology or integrate some technology into your home or personal lifestyle, right. and uh, we really want to kind of be a resource for those of you that find yourself as the person getting those uh, technical support calls from other members of your family asking for help with a new gadget, a new smart TV, whatever it may be, or maybe you're the person making those phone calls and you'd like to kind of learn a little bit on your own. Either way, we're here to be a resource and talk through some different subjects every time we get together. Brian, we have been talking about uh, home automation the last uh, three episodes that we've had. Talked about it from a uh, how to use home automation to do things to make your house more convenient or to make tasks that you do more convenient. We also spent some time on the last episode talking about how to use it to keep your family or yourself secure, looking at it from a security standpoint, how to where the world of home security is nowadays when it comes to home automation. Um, but there was a third component we mentioned, Brian, you know, when we started off this whole topic that we also want to kind of hit on a sense of safety. How to use home automation to keep your home safe. And by that, we we're, it's different than security. Security is more protecting you or your personal belongings. This is more right. keeping your environment safe, keeping your house protected and aware of anything that may be going on that could be damaging uh, your house over time. So we are going to talk about those things. And I think in general, I think we're just going to kind of wrap up our conversation about home automation in general and make sure we put a nice recap on everything we've been talking about so far. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think kind of a catch all episode here of, uh, you know, there's, there's just tons of things that you can get into with sensors and with automation and with notifications that, um, you know, that, that we're, we tried to, to capture in these categories. Um, safety certainly makes sense to me, but, um, but I think we're really talking about what are the, what are the other things that maybe aren't quite as mainstream uh, as security yeah. and, and uh, efficiency uh, happen to be. So, well, um, even the whole safety side of things, those are things that I don't normally just inherently think of when I think of home automation and ways to make things around your house more convenient or more efficient or more safe. But these truly are some things that as you, once you enter the home automation game, you know, once you've kind of hooked up that first smart plug or uh, use your first smart light bulb, then I think the wheels start turning and you start thinking, okay, what are some other things around me or my house that could benefit from some automation? And I I don't know about you, Brian, but it was one of those things where I started, I know about a year or two ago, started really kind of digging into it and just kind of get more and more amazed at all the things out there that now you can tap into yeah. um, and make more uh, efficient or safe for your your home. So. Well, we you talked about it before, but the moment that things started to connecting to your Wi-Fi, 
the whole world opened up, right? The moment that all of the little devices that we have throughout the house and when everybody gets to the point, it's it's kind of a a casual rollout, right? When we start to get to the point where we got to replace a refrigerator or we've got to replace a TV, then all of a sudden we realize, oh, wait a minute, there's a Wi-Fi enabled one. So what can that allow me to do? And companies, I think, have gotten really, I don't know, really creative with, well, since it's connected to the internet, which allows them, of course, to update firmware and update these other things, what could we do? What could we notify the person about? What can we give them information about that uh, we couldn't do before? And I think there's a mm-hmm. there's just a ton of cool things um, that can happen. We talked about it before, about kitchen gadgets. We talked about you know efficiency in terms of... Uh, you know, allowing us to do things without having to put as much effort in or remind ourselves to do them. And I think today is a little bit more about what are those other categories, these other unique categories that we uh, we haven't talked about yet, because there, yep. there are still some others that uh, didn't quite fit into the other categories. So this is kind of a catch all. Well, how about Brian, before we jump into some of those kind of also um, additional safety or other home automation devices or features, Let's kind of recap a bit and remind everybody what we really need to be thinking about when we jump into any kind of home automation project. What are the kind of big questions? Because these questions are going to apply to even these other devices we're going to talk about in a few minutes, too. It's some just overall considerations I think you need to have before you commit to something in the home automation space. Um, Because believe me, I know I've been in that I've been in that Best Buy aisle and seen the packaging (laughs) and said, man, I could totally use this in my house to automate function X. And uh, I got it home. And yes, it's cool that now X is automated, but did it really need to be? Did I really need to plunk down the money to do this? Did it really benefit me in any way? Or was it just more of the cool factor of saying I did it? So there's just a lot of considerations that I I think we need to ask. And I'll just, I'll start it off right off the bat. It's kind of what I just described. Is it really is what you're wanting to do from a home automation standpoint really truly going to benefit you? Um, hey, look, if you've got a lot of money to burn and you love just the idea of sp- uploading your house up with home automation devices just to show people you've got it and just to do cool things with it, knock yourself out. If you're like the rest of us and we want to be a little more uh, conservative and thinking through where we're going to put our money into we do need to ask the question, is it truly going to benefit us or is it just something that we might get a short moment of enjoyment or assistance with, but overall it's not going to really improve anything for us? That's where I think the question mark really has to be is before you get into any kind of home automation device. Right, Brian? Yeah. I well, I, I, you're, I you're my brother. You. I know you think very similarly <laughs> money-wise that I do. So uh, you do, yeah, except, about it. except I, I would reword your statement you, min- you said a minute ago where you said the rest of us all want to be, you know, thrifty with our money. I'm not sure I want to be thrifty with my money. Oh, I, not I want to be. But I do, yeah. Because I'm, be. I'm like you. And I, <laughs> I'll actually, I'll actually take a step back from your uh, restraint and say, you know, if I walk down the, the aisle in Best Buy, I'm thinking that's incredibly cool. How could I use that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of, oh, that's, that's, that's the worst, right? Where I'm going, oh, God, I don't have any need for that, but that is so cool. Maybe I could figure out yeah. some use for it. So that's, that's oftentimes my, my thought. Um, because if I can see something and say, it really is a cost-benefit trade-off, right? If I see something and say, whoa, what would that save me, right? And that's kind of the, the way I've approached a lot of the automation is what would that save me in time, effort, uh, additional money, uh, security, safety, right? Uh, peace of mind. And I weigh that with how much is that going to cost me, right? And if it's yeah. something where I'm saying, hey, this is just a sensor and it's a one-time deal and I think that I could either use it here or here or here or here, then it's oftentimes something that's worth you know looking into. But if it's something I say, well, I can only use that for one particular thing and I can figure out other ways, better ways of doing that thing, um, then maybe it's not worth the money. Yeah. So I think that cost-benefit you know, analysis is, is kind of what we do with any purchase, but I think this one's really important that you understand the future of the use rather than just the current use. Um, so to me, it's it's not just what can it do now and is it worth it, but can it be expanded upon? Because certainly in a year, there may be other devices that do that same thing and potentially do them better. Will I then have a, 
you know, device here that I spent money on that I have absolutely no use for and becomes a paperweight? Or can it be repurposed to other things? Because what I do love about some of these sensors is when they can be repurposed. You know, hey, that that one worked on a door, but you know what? I also could use it on this other thing of my kitchen, my uh, my uh, uh, refrigerator. I could also use it there, which you know makes it so that I don't have to waste the money that I I had when I have another replacement. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so to me, I think you're right. It's a, does it benefit you? Does it save you anything? Money, time, energy, uh, peace of mind. And how much is that thing worth that you're uh, that you're trying to save? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty important. And on that note, I would say maybe our second point is to kind of expand this. Are you going to have to continue to pay for this? Right? We mm-hmm. talked about before. Some of these things require services to really get the true benefit of them. You got to do an ongoing monthly fee, and that to me, we, we've talked about before how I get so stressed out when I commit yeah. to something that's month to month. I want something that I can potentially have the benefit of upgrading to a month-to-month service if I see the uh, the need, but I don't want to have to. So I, I like to have sensors or automation tools that I can use just as I want them and not be sucked into needing to, to have yeah. a constant. Well, that that is an important consideration, I think, to make sure before you jump into any, any home automation device, are you now going to need to pay a monthly fee in order to use that service or not. And it, it's amazing how many do require it, or maybe you get the the item and it has limited functionality, but only get full benefit if you pay a monthly service. So again, there's a lot of options out there. Please keep those in mind. The big thing for me, Brian, as I'll mention again, I think I'm the one always harping on this. It, to me, it's integration with other devices in your home too is yeah. a key consideration when choosing <clears throat> a home automation device. I cannot tell you enough times that, you know, how much better it is to have all of your home automation devices on one app. For example, me using the Apple HomeKit as my hub. I will not bring anything into the house now going forward that does not have HomeKit uh, uh, connectivity because I do not want to manage multiple apps. I don't want to have to hop into different uh, vendors' applica- uh, applications just to manage different devices. So HomeKit is a requirement for me. And I think whether it's Alexa or Google or whatever the platform is, you got to try to pick one and try to stick with it. If you don't just realize that you may be dealing with a plethora of different mobile apps, one for each device you have, if they're made by different vendors or serve different functions. So plus, like you said before, you said in a previous episode, if you have them tied together into one platform, you can do things like grouping them together and making one action control multiple devices, even if they're from different vendors or sequencing them in some way. If this then happens, then trigger this. You can't do that with individual apps and individual vendor um, applications. So just, or, or you have to use, yeah, you have to use one more app, right? The if then, then that or something, which becomes a little complicated. So I, I totally agree with you. And also let me give you props for using the word plethora. That was Good for you, man. That was, it was fantastic. On my, uh, it was on my word of the day calendar. Okay. Right here okay. The laptop, so. so I won't ask I'm, you to define it, but I, I'm really glad. I think you used it the right way as well. That was cool. I mean, according to the definition written on this little calendar slip I've got, yes, I did. I used it exactly <laughs> right. So I practiced it ahead of time. So nice. Uh, I even have uh, your script. You've got your script down. That's good. Um, well, let me give one more, uh, one more kind of consideration that I think is important for all of these before we jump into a couple of these other categories. But I think we mentioned before, if you're someone who doesn't tend to carry your phone around, I think you're not going to get the true benefit of these automation uh, devices, right? Because pretty much all of these automation devices, of course, they're doing things, but also they need some sort of interaction, either you interacting with them or hopefully them interacting with you. And if you don't carry your phone around, then you start losing the the benefit of the uh, the garage door opening and the uh, the lights turning on and the movement happening, right? Because you're not going to hear about it and you're not going to catch that notification. So I will say, just as I'm thinking about it, I haven't really talked about this before, but that could be another, you know, really a, another business opportunity for someone is to, to create notification things almost like a uh, almost like a uh, 
a beeper used to be, right? It wasn't your cell phone. It wasn't where you're making calls, but it was simply there to notify you. For people who don't want to carry phone around, maybe a release, maybe a ring, maybe that goes on your finger, maybe a something that goes that I don't have to carry my phone, but I'm going to continue to get little notifications. And uh, I think that's where kind of the bands have come from, the fitness bands and all of that. Because if you're someone who doesn't have the phone with you, I don't see really the the benefit of having a lot of these things. So, Well, I mean, like, okay, so I have an Apple Watch, as I believe you do yep. too. And I know several of the security-based apps or HomeKit that I use will send triggers to the phone, even if my phone, I'm sorry, to the watch, even if my phone is not exactly right next to me. But again, you got to be on a network may, though, right? Your watch may depend on yeah, being yeah. close to your phone or network. So yes, notifications are, are important to make sure you're getting and in, in interactivity with the devices. I will say some of the ones I've used um, give you the option of also using an email address as a secondary mm-hmm. notification. So okay. in other words, if my um, door to my house is left open for more than you know 10 minutes uh, without uh, somebody closing it, I both get a text message saying, hey, your front door is open. And I also get an email saying this at the same moment. So at least if I'm not at a phone, I, I got to have some sort of computer connectivity uh, to get it. But I still have some options there. Is there it's any way important. they could I mean, send me a letter or anything? I mean, could that yeah, happen? A right? postal yeah. letter, period mm-hmm. kitchen, something like that. Deliver, yeah. A delivery man shows up and says, hey, by yeah. the way, <laughs> check your phone. That's right. Yeah, my, hello, I'm here to tell you to check your phone when you have a notification. Smoke signals. I don't know. There could be some other ways. Yeah. Well, that is important to make sure you know how you're going to stay in touch with these right. things. I mean, the best security or devices or automation tools in the world aren't going to help if you aren't being notified when they get triggered or when the alarm goes off or yep. anything else. Yep. So got to make sure that's in place. Um, so yeah, a lot of good considerations. Those are all questions that we would recommend you ask yourself before purchasing or adopting any new home automation device. They applied to the previous two episodes of all the different functions we talked about. And they're also going to apply to the ones that we're going to mention now. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Brian, we've talked home security for your family and yourself. We've talked convenience just to make something quicker, easier, more automatic. But there are some other types of devices or other types of things that maybe don't cleanly fit in those two categories. Either they're focused on safety of your home or maybe just uh, some other more unique niche needs. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those more specific uh, products that we've got out there. Sure. Um, I can start first if it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, go Um, ahead. So one thing that I know that it's critical for me, a a device that I found to be almost essential um, is a water leak detector. So Mm -hmm. this is like a home safety type of thing. You want to make sure that you know if water is uh, leaking in any part of your house. They have uh, water leak, water detectors. And what they are are small little boxes generally or some other shape, but typically not more than a couple inches wide, pretty small. And they have little uh, electronic uh, sensors on the bottom. And there's enough of a gap between you know, the unit and it sets on the floor or whatever surface you want it to monitor. And the way it works is that if it detects a drop of water rolling into where those sensors are underneath the device, uh, it'll notify you and send whatever notification alert you, you decide. A lot of different companies make these water leak detectors. They're great. They run on battery, but the battery lasts forever. I mean, I've got one here at my office building, and I don't think I've changed the battery on it in at least a couple years, if not longer. And it will notify you if the battery is getting low. So at least I I will know if the battery is going to be going dead on me. But it's great. You know, I I have a a hot water heater at home. Uh, When we bought the house, it was an older house, and I was concerned about, you know, I want to know if it's leaking before I get home and step into three inches of water in the bottom of my floor. So it does. I positioned it really closely to the hot water heater where I thought if it was going to leak, this is the area it would start. And I put it there. So now I know if water enters that area for any reason and it's great. So I do recommend um, water, water leak detectors. And that's a great feature for keeping your home safe. One of the biggest things your homes could have is a big leak that you don't know about for hours. If you're gone, Um, or worse thing in the middle of the night, you get up and there's a basement full of stuff. So anyway, uh, that to me is a, 
it's a, it's a, it's a what I, the ones I typically see are anywhere from 30 or 40 bucks to maybe 60, $70, um, for what they provide. Um, they're, they're invaluable. So yeah. that's yeah. one feature, one device type of device I've seen. It seems, yeah. it seems like that would be an effective, um, multi-sensor system to get right to say, okay, mm-hmm. where, where are these, where are these leak points potentially going to be? And let me, let me set a few of them down. I mean, Alan, you know, we had this happen probably two summers ago. Uh, we tend to travel in the summer. We went away and I, and I will tell you that wasn't at all on my mind of protecting my water. Um, mm-hmm. I had a camera set up. I had uh, sensors on my door because I knew we'd be gone for a couple months. And we had a friend coming by every week just to water our plants. So I thought we were set. We were in in place. But this person coming by wasn't walking back into our bedroom and checking the bathroom in our bedroom to see whether or not there was a leak going on. And sure enough, you know, when we got home, uh, our entire carpet and uh, bathroom, which she had not stepped into at all because she would come into one part of the house and you know, water the plants, it would have been invaluable. It would have saved us lots of money, time and headaches to uh, to have a leak that said, oh, okay, well, there's water on the floor. We're gone. There should not be water on the floor. Please go back mm-hmm. and check this. Um, yeah. So that would have been that would have been really helpful to have. Honestly, I would love to see future, you know, iterations of automation like this. Maybe even toilets will have notifications to let you know when they're continually running to say, hey, oh, listen, yeah. there's a problem here. Oh, right? Water mm-hmm. is continuing to go. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know how often something is flushing, but if I knew, like, hey, water is continuing to flow. Uh, or maybe even on the water meter outside that we go away and we set our house to away mode and it notifies you if there's any water that's yeah. continuing to flow. I think those that are would things really that helpful. would be fantastic, right? Well, would you just think about it. This is a perfect example of just one of those things that it would be a manual difficult thing to do to have a constant monitor of your water heater to see if it's leaking or not. Yep. It's something that would require you every day to go down to where that water heater is, checking on it having routines to go check on it throughout the day. I mean, again, that's where technology really plays a great part with any of this home automation is you can deliver some peace of mind by just knowing that, hey, look, if water shows up down there, I'm going to get notified within moments. And that gives me plenty of time to work on it. So that's great. I I love it. I love it. What's another thing uh, kind of in that same vein? So if we think about what what are the other things that could potentially be disastrous that would be great to be notified about? And one of them... I'll actually kind of group two things together because these are probably the most well-known of sensors that we have, right? And we've had them for a very long time, smoke detectors, carbon dioxide detectors, right? We have those already. We've had them forever. But if you think about kind of the antiquated version of the smoke detector, it's we're going to put these in your house. They're going to go off and make a very large alarm. And hopefully it's loud enough for you if you're here, but if you're not here, hopefully it's loud enough for your neighbors or people walking by your house to hear it, right? Certainly would be nice to know that if I was on a dead-end street where I didn't have any neighbors uh, or I was in a place where um, you know, I, I didn't want to trust my neighbors to notify me when they heard something, it'd be great if I could be, you know, send a notification to me that says your smoke detector is going off. Right, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. But well, now smoke detectors will do that. Um, you, you set it up on your Wi-Fi network, and as long as you have power, um, then you can get an additional notification that's going through. Um, so I think those are fantastic ways of. I mean, certainly, if I was replacing my smoke detectors right now, there's no doubt that I would look for one that is connected because I want it to still go off as an alarm. But I, I wanted to have the feature. I'm sure it's not paying that much more to have it so that it works in through your. Uh, your system as well. Well, and let me tell you, yes, I, I agree with you, but there's also an alternative. Um, this is something I, I saw when I was doing the pricing and trying to find options for the home I'm moving into. I have a home security system coming in and it's the one by abode, the one I recommended on the last episode. And they sell smoke detector sensors. And at first I thought, oh, okay, so that's just a, they sell, smell, sell smoke detectors. But no, they don't actually sell the smoke detectors. They sell a little sensor that you place right next to wherever you have your smoke detector. So here's the idea. Let's say you want to go really 
inexpensive. You got a whole bunch of um, um, smoke alarms in your house. You want to go to the store and just buy them, you know, and you want to put them everywhere. Now, going to do that as a Wi-Fi one for every single one of those is going to get pricey, okay? But these little sensors, you can actually put right next to them. And their whole job is to listen. And if they hear the smoke alarm go off right next to it, then that's the device that's going to notify you. So again, Mm -hmm. works the same way. And it's a little cheaper than going out and getting all new brand new Wi-Fi smoke detectors. If you're in a situation where you have one smoke detector, I would say probably just go ahead and get the Wi-Fi one and that's it. But if you've got a house where you've got, you know, you've got six, seven or eight scattered around because you want to have them in all hallways, you want to have them in different floors. I really would consider looking at those sensors and you don't have to have one for every single smoke alarm, just they need to be close enough where they could hear the, 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 the actual alarm sound. And that's good. Their notification to let you know, Hey, you've got a smoke alarm going off yep. and uh, you need to do something about it. So I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know yeah, how many other companies cute. are doing it, but to me that was you know, 20 bucks. I think they sell the sensors for 20 bucks. So it's a lot more effective to, for me than, going and getting brand new Wi-Fi smoke detectors in every spot we want to have them. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll take it one step further. And I mentioned this this last time that, you know, something like the, you know, Amazon dot, uh, I think even the Google home will do this. If you have one of those already, turn the setting on that says, if you hear a smoke alarm, send me a notification. Right. And the beauty is you can already, you potentially already have that sensor in your house. Now, do I trust that sensor as much as I would a dedicated little sensor like you're talking about? Probably not because that dedicated sensor does one thing and I would assume it does it well. Uh, whereas, you know, the, uh, uh, these kind of uh, personal assistant, digital assistant devices, you know, they're doing lots of things and you have to continue to, to make sure settings are on, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's cheaper ways. I agree. Um, yeah. But I think those are the things you need to be thinking about is how am I going to be notified if I am, not home yeah, on these right. things that would actually be challenging. So that is one of the, the caveat. Now, granted, I know sometimes the more traditional home security systems, uh, like the one that was in my house that I'm in now does have a smoke alarm wired to like actual physical wire running through the house into the security system so that if it goes off, it will call the fire department, just like it would call the police. If I got a, uh, break in notice. Um, so those are already out there, but, Again, if we're talking to people who want to do more of a do-it-yourself, the minute you you, you got Wi-Fi uh, smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, mm-hmm. I guess we can say as well, or you can get sensors to listen for the sound, whether it's a Amazon Alexa a, a dot device or a more dedicated device just for listening in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, Alan, what else? What else would we? What else would potentially be disastrous for your home? that we would like to be notified about? Well, I don't know if I'd say these are disastrous, but I think these kind of blur the lines between convenience and, uh, and somewhat safety. Um, you know, washing machines. Okay. Yeah. I may not think much about it, but I mean, they are making Wi-Fi washing machines now where you can actually uh, turn them on and off or start a cycle at certain times. The reason I, I kind of clump this in the safety is, I mean, you, you got to be mindful that if you've got a washing machine running, you know, sometimes when you're not there, that is water swishing around that machine. And if there's a, if it stops or if it doesn't run or if it keeps running and doesn't stop or, or, you know, there's just a lot of reasons you may want to have an eye on that to kind of keep an eye on it. So knowing that devices like that, you can actually control or uh, at least check in on remotely uh, gives you some peace of mind. So you're going to see a lot more of the washing machines. You're going to see a lot more refrigerators, other big appliances with Wi-Fi connectivity to give you more insight into those devices and the ability to change settings if you need to remotely for any reason. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think to myself, like back before the automation thing happened, what is the checklist of things that we always had to do when we left the house, right? We want to make sure that the oven's not on. We want to make sure yeah. that the, uh, uh, obviously change your smoke detector, uh, batteries every so often, right? Because that can be disastrous. Make sure that the water's not running, make sure that, um, kind of the uh, the doors are closed, right? So we've kind of talked about a lot of these things that have always been really, really important. And it would be nice to know that if we happen to forget about them, we wouldn't be set in this kind of disastrous uh, world. I think the refrigerator, you brought that up earlier. I would love to know. We actually have another one that's hits close to home here, is, but we have a refrigerator that 
the little locking piece where you have one door that closes and the other one that kind of magnets into that one, that piece is broken off. So we have to constantly remind ourselves when we close it, that if you close one door, it may, the air may make the other one prop open a little bit. Luckily, it has a little alarm that if it happens to be open, it'll beep at you to tell you that the door is still open. But I've noticed that if it's slightly open, just slightly, it doesn't recognize that it's open. So that would be one of those things that if I had a sensor in my refrigerator that said, your temperature has gone down by five degrees in the last 30 minutes, right? It'd be kind of nice to know that, hey, maybe my door is open. Maybe my freezer door is open. Because if not... You know, there it is. There's a there's a disaster waiting to happen, right? Yeah. Um, You're right. That's no, great. Yeah. Well, even things like you know, I don't know. So let me ask you. I'm really asking because I don't know, Brian. Um, I mean, I always want to know. Like, okay, f- so uh, I know that we can be notified if the power's out at our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of these devices, if they lose connectivity, you know, I mean, meaning your internet's running through your house, and your internet is how these devices are connecting out to the outside world to get send you notifications the power goes off in your house, then all of a sudden those devices have no way of connecting to you. But, um, you know, I don't know if there's ways or some options for any of these things to kind of somehow ping you if they're not getting a signal. In other words, you know, Hey, power's off, um, somehow there too. So, you know, the power electricity being off, it would be nice to know that, Hey, the refrigerator is, is actually knocked off power. So obviously that means I've got a limited amount of time before I can get home and get stuff out and salvage any food. Um, I don't know. That's the kind yeah, of a question. I, I get notified whenever my power's out because our home security system notifies me and says, Hey, right. you couldn't get a right. signal. So your power's out. Um, well, I'll tell you, this is, this is the thing that we lose with the current way that we get internet, right? It used yeah. to be, if you sure. had, if you had a phone line, And the fact that I don't have a phone line here at my house, right? We have cell phones and that's it. But that was the benefit of having the phone line, right? Is that the power goes out, the phone still works. Okay. Uh, We don't have that anymore. So here's, here's another, you know, brothers in tech, you know, uh, invention idea that we hopefully, you know, Apple is listening to or Microsoft's listening to. But what if, right? What if you had a battery uh, a battery notification system that went in maybe say your garage or something, right? But now that battery system had a Wi-Fi connection, but the Wi-Fi connection was made to connect to your neighbor's Wi-Fi. So let's say this whole thing is set up as you get to know your neighbor and you set up a guest Wi-Fi only for one device. So if my power goes out, that device can still notify me based off of their Wi-Fi and they get one that then connects to yours. So you kind of have this agreement between you and your neighbor, because that is the one thing I get really nervous about. If my power goes out, it's not like I get notified that, Hey, by the way, we haven't been able to connect for a while. And I guess you could probably set that up to say, Hey, listen, we haven't gotten a signal for a while. Um, you know, notify. I think it just depends. Well, the problem is going to depend on that. It's whether or not, you know, you're using a cloud service that connects to your devices or whether the device itself is what's connecting out, outside to tell you. You see what I'm saying? Like if you're. So, so what do you mean? So if I have a sensor, the sensor has a direct connection to a cloud or has a connection through my Wi-Fi. Well, or if the cloud service that that device works with is constantly pinging the devices right. okay. and then it lets you know, Hey, I can't get a connection. Yeah. Then that either means your internet's down or your power's down. One yeah. of the two. But um, the problem is if the device itself is what's sitting in your home and all it's doing is calling out, then you're not going to receive any notifications for it. And you're not going to know that the power's out because it's not sending anything out. Um, I do know that, you know, they do make for on home security systems. Sometimes they have a mobile uh, cell phone backup on some things. Some devices Mm -hmm. do. So the idea is that if your internet goes out of your home, we're going to use your cell phone signal to send out a signal instead and notify you. It's a good consideration. I think it's something if you really start to think about all the mechanics of it, just how are you going to get notified and how would you get notified if your power went out is, an, is a good right. question because right. uh, it happened to me just a few weeks ago. We had a huge storm come through, knocked out a whole big big part of our, our uh, area. And uh, luckily I got notified that the power was out and I was able to run home and tend to things in the refrigerator, tend to things, you know, right away. Um, and, and turn off whatever I need to have turned off in case the power flip back on. If I had not been notified, 
I would have gone the entire day and had no idea. I got home that night. And by then, you know, food's bad, other stuff. I mean, there's just not a lot you can do on, on some of the things yeah. in your house at that point. So it was helpful, but I do worry about how to get those notifications from all those devices. If, uh, if you, if you, if they don't have internet connection at all. So it seems like you either need some sort of battery backup to your Wi-Fi system, which I think is really, really hard to count on, or you need some sort of secondary communication device, like uh, something that connects through your cell service. Yeah. Uh, or as I mentioned before, there needs to be something created that connects with a different uh, signal. Or I, I really like the idea of, and I guess we could probably do this, you could probably set up some sort of automation piece on your phone that says, do ping this thing at my house every 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. if you cannot get a response, then notify me you can't get a response. Right? That would be kind of helpful to know at what point in time during the day was I not able to get a response from something at your house, which means either it's offline or the power's out, something like that. So that that would be really helpful. And I'm sure yeah. that there's ways of doing that. I just don't know what well, they are. Well, right I think now. it is going to be something more and more companies are probably going to be tackling because I think what we just described as this concern is obviously a concern for a lot of you know, other people and vendors making these products. So right. um, everybody, you know, most everybody that has home internet also has cell phone service um, on their cell phone. So I think the key is going to be how to use your, your, your cell phone service as kind of a backup strategy for connectivity. Yeah. And I think that would be a great thing for cell services to do if they don't do already is to offer you like they do with a watch $5 extra a month. And we will have your, you know, one box that allows your notifications to go out. Right. Yep. So, Alan, I, I, don't, I don't know if you have too many more here, um, but I just happen to think one thing that I've looked into because it's uh, we, we talked about catastrophes that can potentially happen. So let me tell you one of the worst catastrophes that keeps me up at night. OK, um, and, and I really I'm trying to look for ways to to notify me about this. But so I have I have a beer fridge and it has two kegs of beer in it. Okay. Um, I, I see where this is going. Yeah. yeah. So let me tell you one, we already talked about if, if, if God forbid there's a leak there and we have issues of, you know, uh, the losing coolant and, and me losing beer, that, that is a catastrophe, right? That is let me tell you the other one, the other one that can often be even worse, which is me going to that beer fridge and it being empty and mm. me not getting, me not being, uh, knowing that, this is empty. Okay. So this is the, the struggle is real. All right. This is a real issue uh, that we have. So I, you're, you're, you're saying if you walk to the beer uh, and because you've already drank it all, it is yeah. now empty. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's one issue is if someone else took it, but that's, you're, that's you're even worse. About coming and stealing it. You're talking well, about truly no, you drank it all. That's not enough. Right. But I'd like now, to be able to notify about both actually. It'd be the helpful last one you drank, you didn't think far enough in advance to go Correct. ahead and make any notification Correct. that you need to replenish your beer. Instead, Correct. you're just going to roll the dice and wait till the next time you need a drink and you go to the, the cabinet and it's gone. Okay. So let's, I mean, let's talk this through because this really is uh, an important yeah. thing. Okay. We're talking about keg of beer, right? And yeah. I, you know, I have corny kegs, which if anybody knows what those are, it's the, the shape of the, uh, uh, Coke, uh, Coke products, you know, when they roll them in on little can- on canisters, right? Kind of the, um, I think it's uh, five gallons, right? There's five gallons okay. in, a, in a corny keg, okay? Well, that's, that's like 45 pints that you're going to be getting, okay. right? Now, as much as I might want to drink, that's, that's going to spread over a decent amount of time. That's going to be several weeks for me. That's going to be several weeks for me because, again, I've got two of them. (laughs) I've got two of them and I'm alternating, right? Okay. So the question is, right, do I really know how close I am to that 45? How would you solve that? Okay. Well, I've got one way that I've solved it now, but I'll give you the problem, right? The one way is I bought little accountant counters (laughs) where you push button and count, and I have them magneted on the outside of the fridge. So when I go get a beer, I click, okay? I don't like that. But go okay. ahead. I don't like that. that go ahead. It was cheap, right? It was cheap. Yeah. Like two yeah. bucks. I bought two of them. I magnet them up there. Uh, and now I just have to remember to click it, which of course 
the more beers I have, the harder it is That's to remember tough. to click. Yeah. I mean, and of Brian, course, I don't I also, remember things. I don't remember things when I'm haven't been drinking, yeah. let alone yeah. after some drinks. So yeah, okay. okay. That's fault, fault number so one. That, that is, fault one. And fault two is I'm not always drinking a full pint and maybe more than a pint and maybe a little less than a pint. Mm-hmm. And therefore my numbers are off. Okay. Yes. So my system right now basically says if I get anywhere close to 35, uh, it's time to start pre- prepping for another one. Right. So I don't need to have people over because we're going to be very disappointed uh, by the end of that night. And of course, when you when you blow a keg, typically, I mean, as much day drinking as I might do, typically it's in the evening after it's too late to go get another one. Okay. So that's, that's a problem. Well, let me tell you, there is a device and it is incredibly expensive, but there's a device that um, you put underneath your keg and it weighs your keg and it notifies you when the weight gets a certain amount, certain uh, depth, right? Yep. And it's a Kickstarter. There's one out there that's a Kickstarter that does this. Uh, and I've been waiting for it to go live so that uh, hopefully I can actually get a couple of these. Now, I tried. So, uh, I'll, 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 I don't want to waste our time too much more, but I have tried many ways of doing this. I've, I've tried uh, buying scales and putting two scales underneath my keg so that I can see what the current weight is. Right. But there's problems there. Right. The scales deal with they don't they don't work well in the cold. So, of course, this is in a fridge. So when it's cold, yeah. those springs don't work very well and it's not very accurate. So yeah. I don't know how close I am to getting down. So there are digital devices. There are things that I'm looking for. But that's that to me is the really, really uh, important reason. You know, this is this is a way that automation needs to go to save me and my beer struggles to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. Brian, king of the first world tragedies. Uh, how do we? I mean, yeah, okay, the smoke detector, carbon dioxide detector, right? Eh, beer, beer detector, beer detector, right? So I actually, while you were describing your dilemma, I was Googling a device to like weigh, you know, that was my thoughts as well. If there was yep. something that could weigh it and you set and parameters you and say nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know they're out there. I just did not, yeah. obviously I didn't use the right search terms. Um, everything I'm finding is like a digital scale, which again is something else I think you've already mentioned in a previous episode, I believe. Um, but yeah, the idea of that saying, okay, look, I know a full container weighs this much and I know a container half full weighs this much and I know a container almost empty weighs this much. So when it hits those triggers, that's when you notify me, um, that would be pretty cool. That would that would definitely do it. That would well, like I said, there is one out there, and I've been waiting. I think it was on, um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I'm looking at now, the Plato Keg Management System, P-L-A-A-T-O Keg Management System. Now, of course, I would need two of them. I would need two of them. But let me tell you, this is where it gets better, though, right? And you, you laugh. But the other thing that this system will do is recognize moisture. So if you spring a leak, it actually has a moisture sensor at the bottom. So this is a thing that it sits on. will actually tell you if your keg happens to be leaking. Uh, also tells you the weight of your keg and whether or not you're getting close, how many beers you have left, right? This is, this is important stuff, right? These are the things that keep me up at night. And, uh, you I'm know, glad I to think- know where you're. I'm glad to know where your mental energy is. Let's right. focus these days. It's, I mean, all the other good. security stuff has been great, but let's it's very healthy, Brian. Is really where we're talking about the important things. So, uh, so now yeah. you know where I am. Right? I, I know where you are. Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, I think, you know, you joke, but I mean, it is these, this is yet something else that is, that's what it's designed to do. I mean, you were constantly having to, you were being inconvenienced by getting there and not having a beer ready at your, at your disposal. All right. Um, right. Yeah. You want to monitor things. And that's what this home automation devices allow you to do. Again, we go back to the question of, are you finding yourself either having to do something on a regular basis that seems very routine and could be automated, or are you worried about something and you need some peace of mind on something that you would always be kind of mentally checking, but you'd like to have some way of actually knowing for sure if this is happening or not? Uh, is uh, you know your temperature in your house, the water detection in your basement, all these things that may keep you up at night or keep you nervous while you're on the road you can have them monitored with these devices. And we're not talking about a lot of money either for some of these devices. Some of them are 20, 30, 40 bucks. 
but what they do is could save you thousands easily in some situations. So yep. overall, Brian, I think home automation, I mean, I think that we kind of wrapped it up and we've covered everything on the convenience side. We covered everything on the home security side. And now we've talked some elements of safety and a few other automation steps as well. The message for me in closing and on this, Brian, the way I feel about it, it seems like every month a new device is being introduced that has Wi-Fi connectivity and will allow you to connect to it remotely. It doesn't mean I I need it. It doesn't mean it's exactly useful for me. But what it is telling me is that pretty much anything I can think of that I do in my house on a routine basis, there is probably, if not already, shortly will be a way to automate that yep. in your life. Yep. No, I think you're exactly right. So keep in mind if there's things you do over and over and over that you could save yourself. And then we talked about if there's things that you could protect that, uh, that you'd like to have a more efficient way of protecting, or if the things that are going to cost you an awful lot of money, if they were to go wrong, right. A lot of hassle and money. Uh, and if there are ways of you being notified about it, I do have to say, I worry a little bit, Alan, about as we move towards the automated world here, um, you know, you have to wonder what is our, level of diligence going to be in the future. And that would be a concern, right? Is that, well, if right now, if I have it in my mind that, hey, listen, I need to change my air filters every so often. I need to change the batteries in my uh, smoke detectors every so often. If we start relying on the fact that these things are going to be done, well, what happens when those notifications go awry and they're not happening, right? Are we starting to get a little bit more um, relaxed on our diligence? So I would say, make sure you're using automation in a way that's going to save you some effort and uh, money and potentially some hassle, but also try to stay diligent with some of those things, right? Maybe have your own notifications set up on your calendar to continue to check on that sensor to make sure that sensor is doing its job rather than a feeling like, well, everything's going to be handled and I don't need to think about it anymore. So, Well, it gets us into a bigger topic that, I mean, I don't think we need to dig into in this episode, but maybe in a future discussion, uh, that we do in Brothers in Tech, you know, the the use of the internet has caused us mentally as a society to not feel the need to remember things right. as much because I can easily just drop a note in my phone and it's going to sync to the cloud and I'll see it on my computer. And if I need to save something, I can take a photo, I can store it wherever I need to. The need to remember things and I look it up on Wikipedia if I've got a question about something. The The need to remember things is obviously diminished it goes right in with this idea of being alert and aware of things going on in your home and security wise. If you take it for granted that, yeah, well, it's just going to notify me if anything goes on. I don't need to ever think about it again. Um, probably not the safest way to think about it. I mean, I still think there needs to be, you know, I actually started putting a, uh, a check on my, like my own to-do list every six months. Say, look, just, just do a little quick check to make sure that, you know, everything that's supposed to be sending me notifications is yep. sending it to me. Let me go test the garage door. Let me go test the front door. Make sure I'm getting the notifications I'm supposed to, because I'd hate to think I, I go for some time and I'm not for some reason. And then a true emergency happens and I don't get anything. So uh, testing it, putting it on your calendar, maybe every three or four months, you know, just do a little quick check of all your important features and functions. Make sure you're getting the notifications you're expecting and you can have even more peace of mind uh, after that. So that's all automation, Brian. I think we're wrapping that up, man. Do we want to go ahead and do our uh, brothers in tech suggestions? Uh, let's see. Did you send me a notification on that? Was I supposed to do one? So, yeah, no, yeah. Kidding. No, you're supposed to. I see what notification doesn't occur. Uh, so I had a series of eight notifications going out to you, one every hour leading up to the recording. So yeah. You're saying you didn't get any of them? No, I have. I have one. I was kidding. I was kidding. That oh, was a horrible uh, attempt at a joke. Yes. I have one. Okay. Yeah. I actually, uh, I have one. Yeah. So let me, let me, so we've been talking about, you know, these sensors that can potentially do lots of different things and uh, how having sensors that could potentially be useful for other uh, situations. So let's say I have a door that I would really like to put a sensor on to know when the door is open, but then maybe six months from now, I get a system that comes with door sensors as well. And I want it all within the same system. And I've got this other piece that I need to be useful in other ways. So there's a, there's a multi-purpose sensor 
It's called Smart Things Multipurpose Sensor by Samsung um, that I don't have, but I love everything about what it uh, supposedly does. And it's really simple. It's a it's a very small uh, uh, two part sensor that looks a little bit like a uh, a key fob size. Okay, pretty small. Mm-hmm. And it's got the two parts to it that when those two pieces, two halves are separated, it can notify you that those are separated, right? So you could put them on uh, the door and the door jam. And once they go apart, they notify you. Um, And that's pretty obvious. There's lots of those sensors out there. The reason I like this one is that uh, it also has a temperature gauge built into it. So now you could do kind of multiple things with it. You could put this in a, a drawer that has items in there that you don't want to be damaged and you want to make sure that it, you know, doesn't get too hot in that drawer or, or maybe it is the drawer where you keep, you know, your, your favorite candy and you don't want the the kids to get in there and take the candy. So you want it to notify you every time that drawer opens. So it can be set up to work for drawers, for doors, uh, temperature, Um, so there's lots of functionality that this thing can have. So I like it because let's say that I don't need the door sensor anymore. I can then turn it into a thermometer sensor, go put it in, um, you know, put it in an area that, uh, I want to make sure it doesn't get too cold. Um, maybe an outside part of my house or, uh, where the pipes are in my uh, laundry room to make sure that they're not getting too cold that I need to, uh, worry about freezing. So, it's kind of nice to have something like temperature as well as, you know, serving another function of open and close. Well, I love the fact that on this particular product's website, one of the, one of the, the examples it shows is a uh, liquor cabinet, which Brian, that reminds me, I am so glad our parents did not have sensors like this in home oh automation when we were growing up. Yeah. Well, uh, I will instead, tell you, they, I, they, I think our dad at one point used the whole, uh, putting a, a little string in the handle of the, uh, of the liquor cabinet. So like if you open the door, the little string would fall and he would see that and know that somebody was in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'm also glad he didn't do is I'm glad there's not a sensor that detects whether or not alcohol has been watered down in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy that he hasn't figured that part out. Um, so I think wow. there's probably some, there's probably some bottles in there that uh, would uh, would be 95% water now. And uh, well, so see, if somebody developed that, not only would that be useful for a home situation where you have uh, teenage or pre-teenage boys or girls that are uh, maybe exploring a little bit in the liquor cabinet, I would take a portable version of that sensor and go yeah, with me to are. bars when I order a drink. I'm like, oh, well, let me just check and see exactly. how much uh, is really in here uh, compared to to not yeah. so. have it built into a glass so that you walk in with your own glass and then the glass turns a different piece, a different color when it has a certain amount of alcohol. Yeah, you're a little low on the alcohol here, babe. So you need to, Sorry. Uh, Sorry. that's green needs to be red. Come on, you know, hit me, hit me again. Pop, pop red. Get me to the red level. So. <laughs> Man, we are coming up with so many cool ideas. Uh, this is good. My whole fear is that with the thousands of listeners we have, somebody's going to listen to this and take it and run with these ideas and make a lot of money from it. And we're not going to get anything. That's my biggest concern. Can you copyright something just by saying it's copyrighted? Can I say right now? That's copyright. Blanket copyright on everything we just said. Copyright. Um, Brothers in tech. (laughs) Let me uh, go ahead and give my brothers in tech suggestion. Uh, Brian, this is is not one I'm giving because I have my firsthand uh, uh, use of it. Uh, I am way past the age, uh, for me anyway, of wanting to have another baby in our family. Um, I've had three children. That's enough. I'm good. I'm done. And uh, so don't read anything into this suggestion, okay? Um, But we talk about Wi-Fi enabled devices that can really help not only from a convenience standpoint, but also for safety. And this kind of meets all that criteria. Baby monitors. Now, you may say, but, but Alan, baby monitors are already kind of an automated thing. You have the little speaker or maybe a little camera you can put somewhere else and you can see the baby monitor or hear it. Yes, that's true. But what about if you need to be actually uh, notified of other functions going on with your baby? Okay, so you could see them, you can hear them, but what if you need to be notified if anything's happening? And that's where this kind of baby monitor really starts to come into play because... 
It's the Nanit Plus. That's N-A-N-I-T Plus. It's about 300 bucks, so it is a little on the pricey side. But what it does is it can actually um, be censoring your, your child's breathing motions and kind of notifying you if things start to become irregular or maybe if it doesn't pick up on anything. Um, you still have the idea of looking in on your baby, you know, uh, visually on your phone or camera. Uh, because it does have an overhead video that kind of shoots down on your on your child. And you've got two-way audio. So you could actually say something in your phone and it would go towards uh, the speaker on the, on there. But it also measures temperature and humidity. So think about this. Wow. You know, if okay. you've got a baby in a situation and a room starts to get really hot for any reason, you want to be notified. You want to know right away, hey, my baby's sitting in a room that is getting hot or cold. And you have that. Sleep tracking, it kind of gives you some tracking of how their sleep patterns look, how much they're sleeping on and off. All the things that you could be tracking yourself on for a sleep standpoint, you can now track your baby with this baby monitor. So it also obviously has an app where you can view video-wise and speak audio-wise, but it also tracks and gives you a dashboard of everything too. So you can really have a really great view of your child's sleeping habits, how safe they are, any other environmental things going on around them. So mm. uh, it's expensive, but I mean, you know, 300 bucks for the safety of a child, I, I think it's probably worth it. Um, and uh, it also looks nice too. I mean, it's a pretty nice little simple device. You can either wall mount it or floor mount it. And, you know, so you can decide if you want it to have it coming from the floor and just over the crib, or you can actually mount it on the side of a wall and just have it point down. So you got some options with it. Mm. Pretty well, cool stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, be so being the non-parent and this, uh, uh, on this podcast, that seems incredibly cool and may actually take away some of the fears I would have had of being a parent. Um, it's not going to make me want to be a parent, but it certainly says at least there's some technology around it now. So that's kind of cool. There is. Yeah. Well, it's actually really, I mean, let me just show you, uh, well, not show you, I'm going to tell you. So if you go on their website, you can see an example of, uh, how their kind of their dashboard works. And so they're showing a video, like a, a uh, time-lapse video of the child uh, sitting there sleeping. And the dashboard is showing you the amount of time that the child has been asleep and also letting you know, is that good or bad? Is that concerning that they're, they're not sleeping very long? You see like the onset time, like how much time it takes them to go to sleep. Okay. So once you set them down, what's the average time for them to fall asleep once they get in there? And then the number of visits that somebody else makes to the child. So every time a, an adult came into the view and was like dealing with the baby, it's tracking that as well. So you can look back and say, oh my gosh, between all of our family members, we're checking on this baby so much that we may be affecting its sleep to some degree. So yeah. Things like that I think is is awesome. So that's the kind of stuff technology can really do some amazing things with us on. So it's pretty much taking the you know, the, the sleep app example that you got me on to, uh, several weeks ago, right? The sleep cycle is taking that same idea and now kind of giving you information. So I'm noticing now just looking at it, it's got the band as well that you could purchase to wrap around their chest and it actually will help you measure their breathing. So it's oh, got I even add-ons. Yeah. It's yeah, the, yeah. if you see the pictures there with the little squares and diamonds all over oh, the, the right. yeah. oh yeah I just so that's a the bottom yeah. So, yeah that's so, I didn't know about that yeah, I do so know somebody mean, a younger couple I know that just had a baby and got one of these and actually yeah. had commented on it they just love it so I think yeah. it's, uh, it's great I mean, to me this is yeah this is when technology is being used in a way that's beneficial now some may say well that makes you not worry about your child as much and feel like everything's going to be notified. But to me, if you, if you're enhancing the things so that you can actually rest or feel confident and have peace of mind, I think that's fantastic. So yeah, I agree. Great. So awesome. that's our brothers and tech suggestions for this episode, Brian talking about the Samsung smart things, multi-purpose sensor. And I am recommending the Nanit, uh, Wi-Fi baby monitor. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of cool things we talked about in this topic and uh, this whole subject of home automation. And now, Brian, I think for the the two listeners that are still sticking around here to the end of the show. And, hi, Bob. Uh, Enjoy. Hello. Thank you. Yep. And hi, Mom and Dad. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> your, your sons are doing some great stuff here. So keep on listening. Ignore what we um, talked about with your alcohol closet. 
but I guess we should say that this is technically Brian, the last episode uh, for what I'm going to call season one yeah. of brothers and Pack. Yeah. Okay. So this idea of kind of taking a topic of about home technology and discussing it for, you know, three or four episodes a month, that whole thing, we've gone through 12 months of doing this. I, I think uh, we've, we've completed the things we wanted to complete on kind of this overall uh, sense of the show. So when we do return for season two, which will be you know, early to 2021, uh, it is going to be a little different. We're going to change the show up a little bit. Uh, instead of it being purely about informational sharing and just kind of talking through topics, uh, it is going to be a little more discussion based about some newer things happening in the world of technology as it relates to home and personal technology, uh, bringing up some different topics each time we get together. And also bringing in some guests and having some other panelists to join us in conversation. So it's going to become a little more conversational. It's going to become a little more timely as well, talking about newer things happening in the tech world that we want to explore and talk about. But also along the way, I think sharing some helpful tips and ideas and uh, some things to keep in mind too, as well as still bringing out on a regular basis our brothers and tech suggestions. Oh, yeah. Can't get rid of the bits. Yeah, we, we, got, we love that. Love talking about the things we're buying and using. Uh, that we don't feel regretful about. So, um, so, so what you're saying is we're going to be interviewing new brothers and sisters to join in our brotherhood of tech, right? So I'm excited about correct. that. We yeah, are going to uh, bring um, others to the to the table, and uh, we've got kind of a, a fun format. I think we're going to get worked out, and it's going to be great conversations. We're going to have a, it's going to be a nice variety of different things talking about. The biggest thing for people listening is that you know it's still going to be very much discussions on technology that are meant for personal home family use. Yep. That's really where our emphasis is going to be. But um, I think we can be addressing any new developments, new products, new announcements. We can be talking about a hands-on experience we are having with things. Um, it'll be great. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And we do encourage everybody to subscribe. If they're not already subscribing, please subscribe. That way you'll be notified when the next new episode comes out. And again, we're targeting kind of, uh, early to mid January to try to have a, or maybe mid to late January. We'll see. Yeah. Depends on how well the holidays go for us. <laughs> um, and, uh, but definitely in January, we want to have our kind of a first one rolled out of the new season. So, yeah. Yeah. And fun. we may, uh, we may do our holiday bits, uh, if you and I get some time and energy, you know, over the next uh, little bit, but certainly keep in mind where, uh, you know, our goal is to try to get people at least thinking about the cool technology that's out there, uh, evaluating it understanding what it can do. And, and plus you and I keep to keep getting a chance to talk to each other about tech. So this is kind of fun. Yeah. So it'll be great. Fun. Looking forward so that'll to be it. Coming up, uh, coming up season two. Now, Brian, if somebody heard us talk about that and said, man, I want to be on brothers in tech, I want to, you know, I want to be considered, or they just want to comment on anything that we've been talking about, about home automation in general, or ask questions. How can they, how can they get a hold of us? Well, if that's the case, please send us an email at, Info at the mesh.tv. So info at the mesh.tv. And in that uh, email, I hope you'll let us know which one of the two brothers you tend to agree with more often. Um, because if it's Alan, uh, there's a really good chance you're not going to get invited. And uh, so we need to know a little bit more about your thoughts of technology and make sure that you you know which brother you tend to side with a little bit more often. But um, if you do have some, some ideas, we'll still be We'll still be dealing with topics, you know, for example, we'd like to know, you know, would you like us to, to focus on a particular topic on, a, on one of our episodes? Um, give us some ideas of things that you'd like to, to hear about, discuss, you know, new, more uh, uh, kind of in the moment sorts of technology ideas. So we'd love to hear from you. That's info at the mesh.tv. Perfect. That's great. Well, for season one of Brothers in Tech with Alan and Brian Jackson, we're going to officially close out the season, uh, barring a special little, like Brian said, a little holiday episode with some uh, Brothers in Tech suggestions. Otherwise, we will look forward to seeing everybody in 2021 with a new, new, new season, new format, new discussions, new insights, new ideas, a lot of fun stuff to talk about next year. So. Are you bringing some what? new sound effects with us? Come on, you oh, got to you got to oh, break yeah, out gotta, the sound effects. And I forgot to. I I had them queued up, and I was actually going to bring them up, and I completely forgot. So I don't even remember what some of these are anymore. So I guess no, I, see, I, that doesn't apply anymore. 
See, this is where we need automation. We need automation because you're going to forget every time. I got, the, I got the piano. Oh, applause. We can use applause. Hold on. Oh, it's saying yeah, applause doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the technology. Yeah, okay. See, I didn't really prep this very well in yeah. advance. So but I'm suggesting in season two, you're going to come with a full array of those things. Lots, lots yeah. of new sound effects. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it's actually just going to be an episode full of sound effects. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. all right alan this was fun this was fun thanks everyone take care happy holidays uh if we don't talk to you until then but uh happy 2021 coming up soon and we'll look forward to talking to you then thanks for listening to brothers in tech here on the mesh.tv podcast network bye-bye You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.